0: We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT HD, WGL, HD3, Philadelphia.
1: Odyssey Station. From the
0: Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships
1: matter. This is Talk Radio
0: 1210 WPHT.
1: It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next Radio Hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katziris. How are you, Dan I am
2: fabulous, Mark. Just <laughs>
1: fabulous. fabulous. I know. <laughs> uh, and we're excited here every week talk to you on Saturday at one o'clock. Hope you tune in every week about, we'll talk to you about residential, commercial, mortgages, whatever we you need. You can call us. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Dan?
2: My number is 609-605-7153.
1: And we're just here to keep you informed every week and help with your real estate needs because... The market is booming. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our webpage, goodnewsandrealestate.com and at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne?
2: Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Right. And he's been doing a great job with all of his advice that he's been giving us. Yes. We also have Mark's funny story.
1: Got for you. We True.
2: also have our... A what?
1: A true one.
2: It's a true one. Okay. It's not the dirt lady, is it? No. Okay. Um, We also have our mortgage mom topic today. Which is? Getting your offer accepted. I'm telling you, I have the secret sauce to getting offers accepted.
1: And you need a secret sauce in this market.
2: Yep. All right, Mark, we have our questions. How can I get my mom to buy me a house? (laughs) All right. The next question is, what's the fastest way to improve my credit?
1: That's a good one.
2: Next question is, if my appraisal is too low, can I appeal it? The next question is, what happens if you don't pay your taxes and you get a letter from the sheriff? (laughs) (laughs) Where'd you get these questions from?
1: That's a good one. Return to sender.
2: (laughs) Okay. How do you remove an eviction from your credit report? And Mark, there's a few more questions on there as well.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, We also have our topic of the day, and it's the history of real estate brokers.
1: Yeah, I read this. It was pretty interesting.
2: Okay. But first, give us your motivational quote.
1: And a motivational quote is I came up with this one time when a bunch of agents were talking to me back in 08 about the market and they were all whining. Dealing with like lots of agencies, like herding cats. But anyway, one night I was <laughs> I was uh, with them all socially after a meeting and this came out. And I said, you know, you'll never remember all the punches you took in the battle after you win the fight. And that's true. Like when you're in something and you struggle, it reminds me of the other quote that me and you always talk about. What were you stressed about one year know, one ago year today? Ago. Yep. And we can never remember. But that's there right. was something, you know. But I came up with that. I remember a couple of the agents wrote it down. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't. You don't remember all the tough things that happen to you after you win. So, anyway. And, that's and it. it
2: also, I mean, it's like you said, it is a battle, and the, and you learn from it, and you fail forward, and you just that's keep right. going.
1: You fail forward. That's right. So, where are we at now?
2: So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So,
1: first one I want to start out, and I rarely talk about these, is timeshares. And my wife used to be, I think she had three or four at one time, one time. I heard her girlfriends were, like, crazy with this stuff. And they would buy these timeshares and then they'd all rent vans and drive to florida which i did it one time with them and threw back and it started raining when we came out of the parking lot and it stopped raining when i came into philly that was the last <laughs> time i drove to florida i was like you are nuts <laughs> so anyway i get an old plane and i'm there in an hour and a half right <laughs> All right. So anyway, it's true. Timeshare, contract are very binding legal documents. In fact, Terry bought one. I went to the bathroom and I came back and she had the old balloons and flowers and they're all cheering. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they get you. It's a tough sell, man, and things. But people get them and then they they don't utilize them. And are they cancellable? Yeah, there's a misconception that's perpetrated by the timeshare companies that you can't get out of them, but there are ways to get out of it. But you're going to need a good lawyer or somebody that's good at it. There's one guy that advertises on TV about getting you out of your timeshare, but you got to be careful with timeshares because they they are salesmen and a half
0: oh, and, Mark, sa-
1: and saleswomen and a half.
2: I, we actually own two weeks. Pete had bought a week um, down in Florida at a resort prior to meeting me. And then we went and sat down and we got another one. So we have two weeks um, and we um, we use it all the time. And we've gone on our honeymoon and used it. We've traveled all over and used it. We love it. I mean, it's it's awesome if you're somebody that goes on a lot of vacations and they've right. also made it where you can convert it into actual um like hotels, like we stay at the W in Fort Lauderdale. We're able to, you know, convert that right. to points You know, and use and it then, for different vacations.
1: And there's levels that you buy, and yep. Terry bought all the top levels, so like if you go to London, you could stay in some castle or something. That's right. You know, but uh, I just never utilized them, and her and all of her girlfriends did. So anyway, let's keep going. The second thing I want to bring up about FHA 203 K loan programs provide home buyers with opportunities to buy, fix up a property without exhausting their personal sales, their personal savings, purchase of these newly built single family homes also. And that's a great program for, especially during all this, when people are doing fix ups, uh, 203 K loan programs.
2: Well, I'm going to crush your bubble because uh, the FHA 203 K has been put on hold during the pandemic. So no. no rehab loans have taken place. They are just now, within the last 30 days, starting to come back.
1: See, I missed that memo. I wasn't included <laughs> in that. They didn't invite me to that meeting. You didn't get that meeting? No. Nah. And mm-hmm. then the purchase of new single-family homes has jumped uh, to a 15-year high in March, surpassing all forecasts. New home sales spiked 20.7% month over month, To a 1 million annualized. Remember, we were always like 500,000, 600,000? Well, actually, in February, they actually got up to 846,000 new homes. That was 66.8% above the year before. And the upturn and all this stuff that's going on year over year, home prices went up 17%. There's all kinds of really great stuff going on with real estate that people don't talk about. Of the median sales of a new house was uh, is up to three hundred thirty three hundred thirty thousand eight hundred in March, up from three twenty eight, and now it's it was it's even going higher. Overall housing starts now this is what when they're putting apps in the build rose to almost twenty percent to 1.7 million units. Now, if we see something like that, that'll be the first time in years. Because for years, they were building four or 500,000 houses a year, and they used to build a million. Regionally, year-to-date basis, sales uh, surged in three of the four regions. The Northeast saw the largest, a thirty six point six percent increase while sales in the Midwest jumped fifty three. And the only place it was bad was out west where the sales dropped three point three percent. California.
2: Well yeah, where well, they're leaving, but, you know, but, by the thousands.
1: When I tell people more houses were stolen in twenty twenty than twenty nineteen, they look at me like I'm nuts. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's a fact. Yeah, so. All right, tell us about the rates.
2: So the fact is that the rates are still extremely low, so your 30 year fixed conventional is anywhere from 2.875 to 3%, your 15 years 2.75%, your 30 year FHA loan is 3%. So again, it's still a phenomenal time to refinance. Um, I had some calls this week where people wanted to refinance and I said my phone number too too fast so they had to google it but just wanted you know it's still a great time mark people still need to take advantage of these rates Um, it takes a couple minutes just for us to do you know to analyze your current mortgage statement so just reach out give me a call my number is 609-605-7153
1: I told 50 students on Saturday in class do all your friends a favor this yep. weekend. Ask them what their rate is. And if they're over 3.5%, call Deanne ours. Just Google Good News in Real Estate. Get her number and give her a ring. And do them all a favor. That's yeah, how I'm gonna, I am want to come
2: in and, and teach a class.
1: All right. You can teach. Okay. All right. So with that, great rates. Great time to buy. Great market. You're listening to Good News in Real Estate here. I'll talk radio 1210, WPHD all positive, all the time. We'll be right back.
0: On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com.
1: All right, welcome back to Talk Radio here on 1210 WPHD, good news in real estate. So where are we at, Dan?
2: Mark, we are up to your funny story.
1: And I dug this one out. This is actually a true story. I was running a, uh, I was CEO of a company and this one actually happened. This true story about a buyer getting second thoughts at the last minute a buyer came to close him right and he must have been having some serious second thoughts but he (laughs) showed up alone to buy the house for him and his wife i think it was an investment piece but nobody really thought too much about that since he was the only one on a mortgage and the only one that needed to sign and the agent and the mortgage guy figured you know she was preparing for the move or whatever anyway the settlement was just about to start the mortgage lender came in the room placed a large pile of docks that you don't see too much anymore on the table for the buyer to sign. The seller came in, both realtors, they're all standing around, talking, getting ready to start. Well, this conference room had two doors in it. It had one that led back into the main lobby, and it had a second door that went back out to the parking lot. Well, while the mortgage officer stepped out of the conference room for a minute, to get something the reluctant buyer saw his opportunity to get out of the deal so he reached across the table he grabbed all the mortgage stocks jumped up bolted out the back door hightailed it to his car and took off and the sellers were like and the agents were standing there with their mouths open hanging there trying to figure out what the hell just happened. The mortgage guy comes back in the room. He sees the documents are all gone, along with the buyer. He asks everybody what happened, and they try to explain to him what happened. It was so bizarre. It took him a little while for it to sink in. Finally, he starts freaking out. He comes and gets me because uh, I'm running the company. After I realized the situation, I get the buyer's number. I try to reach him with no results somebody tries the home number and the wife answers. After being told what her husband just did and being told that he would be charged with theft of the mortgage, by by the mortgage company for stealing mortgage property, probably the police (laughs) would be looking for him. In the end, the sellers needed to sell fast and relist it. They didn't sue or hold anything up, but the buyer lost his $5,000 and was not heard again from anybody. But that was one of the worst case of buyer's remorse I ever saw. He actually stole the mortgage documents, figuring that was the way out.
2: Oh my So God.
1: the lesson is the deal is not done until everybody signs. You don't let anybody out of the room until it's over.
2: <laughs>
1: wow. You know and, uh, what you
2: need to do is lock the doors. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267 266 5501.
1: And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Aunt Kat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is getting your offer accepted.
2: So, Mark, this is. This is one, I mean, every time I talk to a real estate agent, this is, you know, what's on top of mind. So we have over a hundred people pre-approved trying to get a mortgage, um, not trying to get a mortgage, trying to get, uh, a they've been trying to get a house and, you know, they get discouraged. They go out to open houses and there's 27 people lined up at the door, which yep. again, what I'm trying to tell, you know, and educate the realtors is go knock on the door next door. And tell somebody that I have a buyer for you. They're already pre approved. They love the neighborhood. They love the house. So why don't we sell them your house? You're
1: like preaching to the choir. These these people don't even want to pick up a phone, let alone knock on a door.
2: I know. So over the weekend, over last weekend, we just had an abundance of people putting in offers and you know, I'm part of this, um, this coaching program and we were, there's probably about 20 of us on a conference call trying to figure out exactly what to do to get offers accepted. And, you know, one of the things that we came up with, which it's just so, it just doesn't make any sense is that, you know, so if you have an offer and one of them is conventional and one of them is FHA, the seller and the listing agent are not even looking at the FHA offer. Right, so they're worried about the appraisal. Now, with my company, right, we have access to the re- to the appraisals. Right. So unlike a conventional loan, it goes into a portal, it goes into a management company, and you weren't. You're not going to know who the appraisal is, you, the appraiser is. You're not going to even know if you know they're from the area. They try to make it so that the appraiser is somewhat familiar to the area. But with our FHA appraisers, they know the area, they know us, they, you know, they, they get it. So that's one of my biggest pet peeves is, you know, listing agents not even looking at the FHA offers. The piece to getting the offer accepted, one of the pieces that we came up with was I'm calling the listing agent and I'm letting them know that we have all of their documents. And I go over this and over this and over this all the time on our show. It's one of the things that makes me different from all the other lenders because the agents will tell me out of the 27 offers that they received, I'm the only mortgage person that called to tell them right. about the buyer, which is which is good. I mean, I don't care. I'm, I hope I am always the only one that does it.
1: No, because letting- me and you know the importance the difference between a text and email and a phone call.
2: Yeah, I mean, not even that. They're, you know, in Philadelphia, they're sending in the BFI, they're sending in the pre-approval. I've changed my pre-approval certificate. It is extremely detailed. Now, whether or not the listing agent's reading it is a whole nother issue, but I put on there, you know, tax returns, check. Verification of employment, check. 30 days worth of pay stubs, check. Assets to close, check. Did we send a closing cost estimate? check does the buyer understand the closing cost estimate check are we ready to close check i've changed what? that's what my pre-approval is on top of calling the listing agent and telling them why they should accept my buyer's offer i can close in 30 days and you should take my fha offer it's not because they have yeah, the and credit that, you score. know
1: what let me say something about that fha that's just, the, that's the agent not educating the cell or on FHA. FHA is not a home inspection like it was in the old no, days. No. And most of the houses are in decent shape. They're going to look for a handrail on the steps, cracking paint. It's,
2: it's not it's, even it's that. Mark. You know amenable. what they're saying? They're saying they're worried that the house value won't be there. What's Why? the difference if it's an FHA appraisal there is no or a conventional when it comes to values? You know what I want no to difference. do? I want you and I to do a podcast and put it on the internet, and and have this conversation. Right? You coming from the owner of the Philadelphia real estate classes, and me being you know a branch manager in the business. I, I we need to educate the masses because there are so many people that are being, you know, that aren't even being looked at. Okay. It's discrimination. It's It's discrimination.
1: And it's, you know what I think most of it is it's lack of knowledge.
2: It's lack of knowledge. And I want to make them knowledgeable. The second part of this is, um, instead of, so you're, we're going in and we're offering, this is the offer that we just put on the other day. I have a buyer, the sales price, Is at $390,000 my buyer goes in at 400 but she really wants to go in at 420 but everybody's worried about whether or not the house is going to appraise for 420 so we go in at 410 feeling confident that we're gonna get that appraisal number and then we put in the contract that the buyer is going to pay the listing agents Commission right which was another $9,700. So my buyer's coming to the table with the $9,700 that's added to her closing costs. We don't have to worry about it appraising at 420. We have to worry about it appraising at 410, which according to the comps shouldn't be an issue, right? Now, as long as the buyer has the money to do that, we paid the the, um, listing agent's commission as well as the transfer tax. And we got the offer because that's the kind of stuff
1: you're that's the kind of stuff you got to do when there's only 12 ounces for sale in all neighborhood
2: right and and the listing agent loved it thought it was great we thought outside the box the buyer had the money to come to the table with it it was phenomenal the second piece to that was um, you know when you send in a letter or a little note or a picture you know, Johnny loves the school district. Wants to play out in the backyard so he can kick his soccer ball around. They're not even showing those letters anymore. They don't care. Yeah,
1: they're all scared because of uh, this PC correctness stuff. With uh, even Nars getting involved, it's it's ridiculous.
2: I don't even think it. I, well, I know we talked about that before, but I honestly think it's greed. It's all about the money, and pigs get slaughtered. So right. Make it a win-win situation for everyone. You know, don't put the house under contract for, for 420 when you don't think it's going to appraise and the buyer doesn't have the money to come to the table. It's absolutely ludicrous. If you yep. want to get your deals accepted, and I honestly got four accepted over the weekend last weekend just by calling the listing agent and putting the deals together that way.
1: Well, one of of the education problems is anybody that got a license after 2005, has never been in a market like this before.
2: Right.
1: And they don't know how to handle it. That was a good topic.
2: because they were, they're order takers.
1: Yeah, back then they were, but now now they're in tough competition. And when you're in this kind of market, you got to use them little tricks like that to get your deal through.
2: To get your deal through, but also it's like it's feast or famine. In six months, the market's going to change. You have agents that are thinking that there's going to be a bunch of foreclosures and I'll just get there's them not. on. A, there's and, not. and then you have the other agents who say that market is not going to happen. The interest rates are going to go up. There's going to be more houses that are going on the market, but you got to go out and get these listings. you got to go out and get these listings. First of all,
1: I disagree with you. The rates aren't About going to go that The, the rates gonna are go not going to go up bit. that much, and there's not going to be a bunch of foreclosures. And if they're counting on that, they might they might as well start looking for a job. For, for another for the
2: job. <laughs> no, when I say that the rates are going to go up, when they go up a half a percent, people are in a panic. Well, I can't buy a house no The rate went up half a percentage. Anyway,
1: All right.
2: give me a call. I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. You got me on a tangent right now. But give me a call back. My number is 609-605-7153.
1: That was very good. All right. So with that, you're listening to the Good News in Real Estate. Here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHP. All Positive. All the time.
0: We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right, welcome back to Good News in
1: Real Estate here on 1210 WPHD. all positive all the time. So are we are at, Deanne?
2: Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment.
1: So give me this first question. I'm waiting for it. You ready? Yes.
2: How can I get my mom to buy me a house?
1: <laughs> Beg, get down on my hands and knees. Or mommy, mommy, please, please. Or be really bad and your mom's got money and she just wants to get rid of your butt. <laughs> but I don't know. That's that's such a weird question. I just thought that was funny. But somebody emailed me that question. How can I get my mom to buy me a house?
2: And the the response would be why does your mom need to buy you a house? Right. Cause I don't but have, like,
1: a, job. I don't have right. a job and I don't, you know, could you include cable too? <laughs> <laughs> right, what's the next one?
2: The next question is what is the fastest way to improve my credit?
1: God, you answer this one. Cause there's a couple of quick things you can do.
2: Pay your bills,
1: pay your bills, but you could also <laughs> open up small accounts well, like a Best Buy account, buy something no, where your no, continuous you get-
2: payment you got to get a secured credit card. You can go right. online and Google secured credit card. And then you go to Finger Hut, which now advertises um, the credit that they're giving to help boost your credit. You can also have an authorized user. Um, you know, let's say mom has a credit card from 2018.
1: That's a fast it's, one.
2: Yep. Has payments on time. Is it maxed out? Um, then you can put mom. Mom can put you on um as an authorized user doesn't mean you get the credit card doesn't mean you get to go shopping it just means that you adopt that trade line from 2018
1: that that's a quick one
3: that's
2: a quick one
1: All right. All right what's the next one
2: if my appraisal is too low can I appeal it
1: yes yes now, usually in this market you're not going to have too many problems of, like this well you could because people are over bidding so bad and they, you know, just because they think they put up an extra 40 grand or get a the house and then the appraisal comes in 20 lower and they can appeal it and they could try to find some more comps and do all that. I've, I've appealed appraisals and had them changed because appraisers are busy. I mean like I said earlier in the show, more houses were sold in 2020 and 2019. So I know appraisers that are, they do 25, 30 appraisals a week. Absolutely. So, so they're like, they pull up at your house. They, they take the pictures, they get in their car with their laptop and they knock it out. And so if you, as a good agent, sent them some comparables in advance, and help them do their job, 90% of them say thank you. And then maybe they missed one. I'll give you an example. Think of Philadelphia, the Roosevelt Boulevard. One side of Boulevard is one zip code. The other side is another zip code. The appraiser's doing, he does out a quarter mile or something like that. And he right across the Boulevard, there is a comp and he missed it. And I've had this happen and they can go out three miles and they can go back over a year but they don't like to do that but they can you if you can come up with the right cops even find some pending somewhere or even an active they that's can, the key they, they can take that they you, you can take that into consideration and I, i'm telling you my my experience in my real estate career I always call the appraiser, and ninety—I'd say ninety-eight percent of them take my call. Occasionally, I hit one that's, um, you know, I'm the appraiser, uh, you know, and all that, and fifty cents will get you a pretzel. So, but you know, you know, most of them are all right. Thanks, and I send them over comps. I make their job easier, and then they got to right.
3: confirm
1: what I did, and we appraise. So,
3: yeah, I, have I mean, so you many gotta, it's got
1: to be supported. I, there, there's so many agents that think it's illegal to call the appraiser. It is not illegal to call. I, I try when I set my deals up, I want to know who that appraiser is. And somehow they got to call me before they go to that house. If I'm the listing agent, they got to call me to get in. If I'm the buyer agent, there's something they got to call me about. So I get to talk to them. All right, what's the uh-huh. next one?
2: All right. The next question is, where should I invest my money? I inherited. Put it on black. Put it
1: on black. Just might as well double it, right? Call Larry and Phil too. Uh, to invest in school and buy real estate. You cannot lose. You cannot lose buying real estate. Buy a duplex, a triplex, a quad, a 25 unit building. If you got enough money you're you're going to be appreciating at 10 15% a year. So, right. you're making money. It's the right. safest bet there is. First and, of all, there's only there's only so much of it cuz 75% of the world's covered with water. So, it's a limited <laughs> item.
2: <laughs> it's a limited commodity. But also talk to, you know, talk to a financial planner, interview a, a couple of them. Um, You know, find somebody that, you know, has been in the business, has a good history, you're comfortable working with, easy to connect with. That's important as well.
1: All right. What's the next one?
2: Has the state grant for buying a house been canceled? So it's not for buying a house. It's for assisting you with either down payment assistance or um, closing costs. And they haven't been.
1: Is this the one like the $10,000 one that was around for a while?
2: So what's happening is there was one for Philly. It was called First Philly. That one, it's not canceled. It's just on hold until 2023. Yeah, um, but the, the county reports. grants, there are county grants that are available. Burlington uh, Burlington County, Camden County, Gloucester County. When you're in the Pennsylvania, the Montgomery County, the Bucks County, Delaware County, Chester County. Um, all those county grants are still available. You need to right. call the, you can Google, you know, Montgomery County first time um, home buyers, or you can call me, I can send you the grant, but you need to get pre-approved first and not be under contract to get the grant.
1: There you go. Good advice. Philly's a billion in all. This mayor and this city council, man.
2: All right, let's go on to the next question. What's the next one? What happens if you don't pay your taxes and you get a letter from the sheriff?
1: <laughs> first You're of all, if, if you got if you just house. got a letter from the sheriff, I guarantee you got more than one. And this is because <laughs> first you got a bunch of them from your mortgage company, then there was a bunch that you were supposed to just go to court, and then you finally got the letter from the sheriff that he's coming. And uh, <laughs> I had a friend that used to do sheriff evictions, and he told me ninety percent of the time when he showed up. They were all packed up, ready to roll. <laughs> oh it was only God. once in a while that they were, what do you mean? Because most of the time they knew it was coming, you know, a <laughs> foreclosure, a foreclosure in Philly could take you a couple of years. Absolutely, and you, and you know that you're and you're in behind. You're not catching up. You didn't get a forbearance agreement. You would just didn't open the mail. You didn't answer the phone calls. They finally went to court. And by the time this letter shows up, forget it. You're going, yeah,
2: it's all, it's out. It's
1: over. it's over. What's next
2: now? Somebody can buy that tax, right?
1: That's right. That's a whole At nother. Sale. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's a whole nother section. All right. Question number seven, how do you remove an eviction from your credit report? Well, you'd have to dispute it. I mean, were you actually evicted and if there's money due, um, you could pay the money that's due and have it deleted from your credit report, or you got to wait until it falls off.
1: And how long is that?
2: It can be anywhere from seven to 10 days, 10 years.
1: All right. All right. What's the last one?
2: Why are for sale by owners afraid to use realtors?
1: Because they know more realtors know more than they do.
2: (laughs) Well, and I don't know they're afraid they they just don't want to pay the commission. Ah,
1: Yeah, but they also They want to save that six percent or whatever it's going to be and they think they're going to save all this money but in reality statistically proven they will net more if they hire an agent than if they do it themselves it's statistically proven all the time all the time first of all somebody's got to write these complicated contracts somebody's got to negotiate the home inspections somebody's got to weather the appraisal and two two people with no real estate experience just think they're going to handle all this right it's
2: going to be ugly
1: (laughs) the chance of it getting to the table and while it's 97 percent and up listing out of the three percent that do sell only 1.5% of them actually make it to the table and settle. And you will net more if you hire an agent. And I'm not, just because I'm an agent, I'm not telling you that. It's right. just statistics. If you want to net more, hire a professional. Or do your own dentistry, dentistry by owner. See how that works out. <laughs>
2: All right. All they right. were good questions, Mark. And and coming up next is our topic of the day. 2020 profile of home buyers and sellers. No, real that's, wrong.
1: that's that's not the topic. We
2: did that one. Already. The
1: topic is the history of real estate brokers. There you go. Yeah, I'm sorry about that.
2: Thank you. Right,
1: anyway, you got one of my topics wrong for a change. Mitscat Saturday, <laughs> man, that was a good one. Should have took right. credit for that. All right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210. We'll be right back.
0: Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net.
1: Hi, right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And it's sunny and bright out in Philadelphia. And I'm feeling pretty good, Deanna. So where are we at?
2: <laughs> Tomorrow's is Greek Easter. I'm very excited. All right. Um, coming up next, we are with our topic of the day, which is the history of real estate brokers. Yeah,
1: I read this article and, and like I never really did any research on how it all started. You know, I had perceptions of it. But anyway, the history of the men and women selling real estate is dependent upon the country where they apply their trades. In the United States, real estate brokers began presenting houses for sale around 1900. Before that, it was the Wild West. And they have continued to today in countries like Australia, the practice of real estate sales has been present but only recently have real estate brokers and agents came together to form like associations like we have like the boards and the national association of realtor the first record for home sales in the united states began around 1890 as an attempt to form a real estate association failed but it began a process so that by 1908 the National Association of Real Estate Exchanges was founded to bring brokers and agents together to facilitate selling homes. Despite the presence of the association, until 1919, anyone could call themselves a real estate broker without any kind of professional certification or license. So you just had to say you were a broker. That was it, right? So anybody could sell a house. Needless to say, the practice of selling homes in this era was dubious practice as the best brokers, they were known as curbstoners. I never knew that. And uh, they placed multiple placards in front of homes trying to compete, leaving homeowners simply to pick one of the multitudes of these curve stoners. So you can have a bunch of people putting signs on your house, and then whoever the sell buyer picked, that's who got the deal. Traditional real estate sales practices emerged out of this era as the true real estate agents asked permission to gain listings. Like I remember when I first got into business, buyer agency was just starting to be more of a bigger deal because everything was always about the listing side. To gain listings and to sell earn a home seller's trust. Single agents gained exclusive contracts in major cities such as Chicago, St. Louis, Baltimore Philly was one. And this allowed these agents to become the go-between for the home seller and the buyer were known today incorporating the practices of a walk-through open houses used to sell homes for over a hundred years. In 1910, the first open house occurred over several weeks as a way to open homes to the public.
2: I wonder pub- who thought of that?
1: Probably somebody like us. Yeah, you're, <laughs> the right. Public, you're right. The public could see new building concepts as a home technology, such as electric lighting, kitchen layouts, you know, improved homes, making them more desirable in 1925. The national real estate journal presented the idea, I, the idea of presenting furnished or stage homes that went all the way back to 1925. That's amazing for review to give buyers the feeling of already being home.
2: Again, we would have thought of that.
1: Yes. In 1930s and 40s, real estate agents used one open house to create a sales network of multiple homes to present buyers. If one house was not desired, the agent could present several in their network to improve the chances of the sale. And then in the 40s and the 50s, post-World War II, the world saw a boom in real estate sales as all the soldiers coming home looking for a new place to call a home and raise a family, homes entered and exited the market in rapid time. This was the first time the term realtor was used. And women became realtors in record numbers because they were all in the workforce during the, when everybody was, all the men were away. So now they, were, they, they didn't want to stay at home no more. So right. they wanted to work. So they be. That and women rule the real estate market today. We're first of all, the women rule the world. There's more is than us. We're way <laughs> outnumbered. The days of first in the boat are over, I think. <laughs> This is the first time the realtor was used, and women became realtors in record numbers. Finally, in 1952, the use of model homes emerged in Dallas, Texas, as a way to present furnished homes to thousands of other people representing another built unit for purchase. So in the last 70 years, sales of homes have remained the same. Home prices doubled in the 60s, realtor improved their craft through the creations of a residential specialist to improve knowledge the best way to sell a home is still to get the people in the home what changed the real estate landscape was the internet as a way to list finding sure. schedules and appointments new sites as realtor.com and all that stuff and giving out square footage and pictures the internet has also facilitated the ability to schedule showings buyers can see several homes in a day rather than one or two and a, and drawing it and a, drawing out the buying process and real estate agents were quick to adopt these innovations in order to present the best aspects of the home and improve the chance of bringing their listings together in one spot but it was really interesting that anybody could be a sell real estate back in nineteen nineteen, early nineteen hundreds, and you were called a curb stern stoner.
0: <laughs> and That's it must have cool.
1: it must have been a backstabbing business back then, man. <laughs> but I thought that was a very interesting history.
2: It is. It is. Yeah. And you now, come up with the greatest stuff, that's really cool.
1: And I'm telling you, and, and now what these agents got to realize, and there's tons of new agents getting in the business because the average agent in the United States is a 58 year old female. So wow. they're all getting older. And the agents in the I think that office... might have
2: changed. I think that might have changed. What do you mean
1: that by the change that they're getting older the agents in the offices all the, all the agents all the offices are the 80 20 rule 20 percent of the agents are making all the money and 80 percent do the rest of the right. deals the top 20 percent are mostly women and they're getting into their 60s and they're getting tired of running around showing houses so we need new blood all right but i thought that i thought that was an interesting topic
2: it is interesting All right, Mark. So coming up next is our business segment with asking Dr. A and his topic is the value of understanding the desk.
1: Yeah, we're going to continue from last week.
2: Yep.
3: So, doctor, are you there? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Well, what I wanna do is I wanna continue telling people how they can actually use our report if they have the assessment from us. Because there's very, very valuable sections in the report itself. And today I just wanna talk about a couple of those sections. For example, one of the sections deals with what value does the person bring to the organization. So with the over a thousand organizations that are using us now, all they do is they have to go to that page in the report and it has bulleted items that actually tell you how, uh, what value the person brings to the organization. But it doesn't have to be used just for the organization. It deals with any type of team or any type of group. So right. you can actually right. use it if it's a volunteer, you know, or even in your home, or having more and more people taking the assessment and having their spouse taking it and having their kids taking it uh, and, and, and using our team report um, and so they have a better understanding of, of what's happening within the family, which is really cool. So the value to the organization section, you know, just focuses on that. What value are they gonna to bring to a team or a group and what type of task are they gonna be best at? And that's, and important, that's important to me. me. Absolutely. And, and, and that's one of the beauties of, of using the report itself because you can do that match. There, there's another section of the report that's called ideal environment, which tells you whether they're going to fit into your culture or not, which is really paramount because some some cultures are very, very um, bottom-line oriented. Some cultures are very, very people oriented. So, uh, and, they're, and they're very, very different types of cultures. And you can look at the report and see whether that person fits in it or not. Another aspect of the ideal environment part is is I like to use an analogy of like a plant. Some plants like a lot of water. Uh, You can have a cacti that doesn't like water at all or doesn't need much water. It's the same thing with supervision. Some people need a lot of supervision. Some people thrive when they don't have a lot of supervision. Uh, And the report tells you that as well. So there's all kinds of neat parts to the report itself that gives you significant insight into the individual uh, before you hire them or if you're moving people around from from one location or one division or one site to another or even if you're moving them around uh, and you're assigning them to a different manager or you've promoted a manager so it's 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 really important to understand that ahead of time if not you're going to make wrong hiring decisions you're going to make more internal reassignment or assignments uh, it's it, it's just really detrimental. The report helps you deal with, with all of that, so you don't have to worry about it at all. It's really valuable. Anything so, else? Yeah, well, there's another uh, area, too, that tells you how to deal with somebody who's opposite the behavioral style of you, so it can actually help you deal with uh, conflicts or potential conflicts within the workplace. So I love those three sections in particular to help organizations more effectively understand the person uh, and more effectively help the person themselves understand their role and what they can, where they can thrive and be the most help to the organization.
2: Tell Appreciate
3: how it, guys. It's really easy. Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N at abelson.net, that's my email, or just go to abelson.net on the internet and check us out on the website.
2: All right, if you have any questions, you can email them to 8029 at comcast.net or give Mark a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at deannekitzaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153.
1: And a special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors for keeping us on the air for all these years at Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and to our listeners that are becoming faithful every Saturday. I've been getting calls. And you can listen to this show on the past shows at our website. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark
2: Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom.
1: You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.